Thanks for joining us for the Changing the Industry podcast, where we try to effectuate change for the better, one conversation at a time. Part of that change is providing help for those that need it. This is why we've partnered with the Institute for Automotive Business Excellence. Whether it's help with sales, operations, or just getting your numbers in order, these folks are some of the very best in the industry. And for our listeners, they'll sit down with you and go over your strengths, your weaknesses, and the opportunities that are in front of you. They'll create a customized plan for how to move forward absolutely free. That's right, free. And if your plan includes one-on-one coaching, they can also help you with that. There's no hard sales pitch, no obligation, just honest help from honest people. So if that's something that you think could benefit you, make sure you click on the link in the show notes. And now, on to the show. I don't look as gay as you do. I? <laughs> I missed. That's the problem. Cause you're like, and you're like, oh. <laughs> it just doesn't look Is right. Is that why you don't high five people? I don't. It's, it's a fist bump only. Oops. I'm sorry. I smacked you in the face. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Lots of people I could high five. Um, so last night on the way back from dinner, like I had told him about you multiple times cause we mm-hmm. primarily converse on Instagram, right? Yes. That's where we talk back yes. and forth. And I'm like, we've talked about him. And David's like, you've not told me anything about him. Like, I know for a fact we've talked about him. He he says that, but uh, he tends to gaslight people. It's this thing. Primarily it's him. Only me, apparently. I don't believe that to be true. I've seen your the way you interact with your employees. Oh, like, they all oh, suck. I told you to do this. You did? Yeah. Oh, I guess I forgot. I'm sorry. <laughs> It's like that. It's like it that. is like that. <laughs> it is like that. <laughs> he never told them. Mr. Paul Danner. Okay. How are you, you doing you, this morning? You are you notes? okay? What's that? No, I didn't do the notes. I've been <sighs> waiting on you. I gave you my notes. That No, bro. You don't send me like a list of things and be like, hey, secretary, I need you to. No, no, no. I'm just saying that's what I'm going to talk about. I don't know what the hell you're going to talk about. Oh, I wasn't going to show up. I was going to let you do it. <laughs> Introduce yourself. Okay. My name is uh, <laughs> Arun Kumar. I'm the uh, owner and CEO of Driven Auto Co., which is Driven Auto Care and uh, Driven Underground, and we are Driven. Nice. Three brands. So tell us what those brands are. So Driven Auto Care is general auto repair. We have one shop in Fremont, California. Okay. Driven Underground is the secret enthusiast-focused brand within Driven Auto Care that really only exists in my office where you build your dream car. Right. And then We Are Driven is basically a motivational brand for car enthusiasts. That's pretty cool. So how did all this start, right? Because we've been talking for a long time, and you kind of like poured some of the ideas out and we talked back and forth. You've been a listener for a long time mm-hmm. and I've kind of watched this develop. So tell me how did, where did the dream, where did the vision come from? Cause you had a very, very specific trajectory with this. You're like, this is what I'm going to do. That's very rare, right? Like most shop owners, are like I'm going to fix cars. And the next thing you know, they realize that owning a business that fixes cars has nothing to do with fixing cars. So where did this come from? Oh, well, where to start? So, my, when I was 18, mm-hmm. I wanted to work at Jiffy Lube. Okay. And 
my dad, who is Indian and a doctor, okay. said, there's no way you are going to work at Jiffy Lube with all of those grease monkeys. If you do, you cannot live here. And I already loved cars. I've loved yeah. cars since before I can remember. And I wanted to work in the industry. I wanted to do yeah. something with cars, but that was not really at the time what an option for me. Right. Uh, so I went to college, got right. a degree in accounting, got a CPA, went to work at a big accounting firm, uh, doing a lot of deal structuring and IPO consulting work. So mm -hmm. it sounds cool. It was a lot of numbers and right. paper pushing and stuff like that. But I got to work on a couple of automotive clients, Tesla and Uber, yep. and I really liked working on those clients, not necessarily because of the work that we were doing, but because it was correlated. Right. And I got kind of elevated on the team because I loved cars and I knew a lot about those businesses. Right. So in doing that, I realized, okay, well, if my passion is going to elevate my career in that way, I should probably just focus on cars then. Right. So I looked around, I tried to find a company that could offer me that opportunity where I could work and apply my consulting skills, finance, operations, strategy right. to the automotive industry and I couldn't find the company. Yeah. So I went out and made it. That's pretty cool. So my, my first business was Driven Performance Advisors. That was right. in 2018. Um, I started out doing basically free work for for startups because that was all who would listen to me with right. my very small amount of credentials and experience and did that for a couple of years, basically only working for free on the side yeah. and built it up to a point where I could talk about enough achievements doing that kind of work that I felt confident enough to go out on my own. That yeah. came at the same time as I was very upset with that consulting job living in London. Oh, so man. There's a long story in here, but right. met my wife, moved to London with her for her to get an MBA. I decided to get an MBA. There's a lot in here, I know. But no, no, <laughs> hey, I like the story. You know, you guys don't need to move to another country to get an MBA, like the local community college. It was a lot cheaper <laughs> to get. Well, there's really? a lot of, it was a lot cheaper, not than a community college, but mm -hmm. then the sort of top tier schools in the u.s it's about half the price really yeah that's interesting still interesting. have tons of student debt but that's beside <laughs> <laughs> so we moved to london i did not like the way that my same company was was run over there and i was very upset working for them so i i quit kind of hastily i already had some of these free clients and i yeah. i had enough confidence in my ability to actually create value for automotive businesses in general that I said, okay, I'm going to at least give this a shot. So I want to dig into that a little bit because I'm, I'm always intrigued by why people quit, right? Now, obviously there's things you can't share and I'm not asking you to share stuff like that, mm -hmm. but I'm curious, why did you quit? What was it that was it, was it the way you were treated? Was it the way that, that their, their morals and their ethics, what, what drove that decision? Because, I mean, for you to just up and be like, hey, I'm giving it all up. I'm done with this, yeah. right? There had well, to be something. So you've, you've kind of heard the career trajectory focus that I have. Yeah. Uh, in 2019 and into 2020, I wrote a book okay. that was about 
college students. Lucas and I have been telling you about Parts Tech for a while now and how it gives you access to unlimited parts and tire vendors and direct integration with over 35 shop management systems. And now they've just launched a new referral program. All you have to do is open your Parts Tech account, go to My Shop, and click on the Rewards tab. There you'll find your referral URL, which you can share via email, text message, or on your social media. If your referral signs up for a new account and places five orders in the first 30 days, Parts Tech will send you a $100 gift card. That's it. Nothing else is needed. Your referrals can get you $100 just for using Parts Tech, which, by the way, is absolutely free to get started with. So if you're using Parts Tech already, start sharing that referral link. And if you haven't signed up for Parts Tech yet, what are you waiting for? Click on the link in the description or go to partstech.com forward slash podcast. That's partstech.com forward slash podcast. Hey, one more thing. If you find out that your shop management system doesn't integrate with Parts Tech, it's time to upgrade. David and I use what we believe to be the very best system on the market, shopware. With unmatched features like Parts GP Optimizer and DVX, which is their digital vehicle experience, Shopware really is way more than just a shop management software. With it, you'll be able to create an immersive and interactive experience for your client, setting you apart from everyone else using run-of-the-mill software. Are you ready to upgrade? Click the link in the show notes to get started. Defining and then obtaining their dream job after college. Okay. Because I don't believe enough college students do that, and I felt that I had done that. Right. But I went through the example and it was, okay, I need to be focused on cars. I need to be doing things independently. I should be some sort of business owner, managerial type position. And I want to be doing deals where I get to work in a fast paced environment. I get to kind of make big decisions quickly because I'm good at that. I'm decisive. How can I do that? And I, I, came to the conclusion while writing the book, I should be an independent consultant to the automotive industry. And I was there as a accounting consultant, not focused on automotive at all, except for these little side jobs. And I stared at the page after having written it and thought, well, I'm not really living (laughs) my own example here. Right. And given the fact that I, I do feel very career focused and I derive a lot of satisfaction from my work, I wanted to, just go for it. Right. And, and at that point, so I had come up with enough confidence to go for it from the work that I was doing. And it started with the fact that I was a customer at a shop in London. Yeah. They installed some coilovers on my clapped out, rusted, uh, diesel Audi V6, six speed. (laughs) It was a cool car. Didn't work very well, but it was a cool car. Right, right. (laughs) And uh, they had a horrible customer experience. They did the work fine. Yeah. But it was a terrible customer experience. I didn't sign anything. I had no idea how much I was going to pay. I just handed somebody my keys when they opened and then got a call at 5.30 that evening telling me, hey, we had to cut out some bolts because your car is super rusty. And you're going to be charged an extra 50 British pounds more and uh, your total bill's 600 pounds. Come get it. <laughs> I was like, okay, sure. Thanks for the update, Thanks. buddy. <laughs> um, so that was not great. And yeah. I started hanging out there a lot mm-hmm. right at the beginning of COVID. 
because okay. I did that one shop at that one shop. Nice. Yeah. I, hey, I, I hate it here. Let me hang out. <laughs> well, when you're surrounded David, by David, you need of, somebody to you need somebody to do that at your shop. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. It depends. That's me. If, if you I have, here. <laughs> I'm hang out. if you have a lot of BMW M cars and twin turbo R8s sitting around, people will tend to just come and hang yeah. out there. Really? That's what they had. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. They may not run. Nobody knows who no, owns them. They just absolutely. sit there. D- David I've got sees some those busted, cars and uh, leaves. I've got some busted Jeeps out front. Nobody shows up for those. Are they are they cool Jeeps? Mm, I mean, they could be, but they're just busted. They have potential. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know, man. Most cars have potential to be nice, you're reliable already, you're vehicles. You're coming around from the comments you made to What's me that? before the podcast. I, you know, I, was, I used to be a car enthusiast. I loved cars. I used to go through all those. I I memorized magazines because I'd go through them so many times. Yeah, I knew what horsepower packages, <laughs> options like powertrain options. Already had the one you would have years. picked out. Well, yeah, I'd always have them like built in my head, and I'd see them driving. And I'm like, oh, that's a GT. That's a GTP that has the supercharger, 240 horsepower. This is the engine size. It's a bore and stroke, compression ratio. I was obsessed. That's kind of nerdy stuff. It's even. super yeah. nerdy, yeah. And now you see them and you're like, oh, God. Like, oh, oh yeah. They're oh, all, that's not that car I worked on, is it? They're all scars. They're all horror <laughs> stories. This one time that car showed up and, oh, no. No, no, no. Ugh. Ugh. Anyway, keep going. <laughs> okay, well, so I was hanging out at this shop trying to not be at home mm-hmm. during COVID lockdowns. As you do, and and they're an essential business, which meant I could go hang out there. And I watched a lot of customer interactions go very similar to Tears. how mine went. Yeah. yeah, and I had this brilliant idea. So I thought at the time, I'm going to give them an intake form. Yeah, and it's going to have their name and their phone number and their license plate and the description of the work that's going to get done and an estimated price and a signature. And that was unheard of in terms and conditions. Right. That was unheard of for this shop. They did everything verbally yeah. with a, you know, basically they had a little calendar at the front desk with a phone number yeah. and a and a car, and that was it. And they were doing really complex, like wide body kits and it simple stuff like window tints. But then, yeah, like full performance builds and wide body kits and final wrap and they did they had a giant facility and they were doing everything right and now they have an even bigger facility and i think they still use that intake form really but they don't use you know a shop management system or anything like that and and you know i know a lot of really successful shops that don't Mm -hmm. but that is like scary to me oh yeah who I've, i've got a couple in my town that don't use any type of management software whatsoever they're on paper tickets now let let's be careful successful? about let's be careful about how we define successful. They're still around. The owner has money. Uh, yeah, that's uh, <laughs> right. I, I have. Ooh, one that I, can I like the, how this is going. <laughs> <laughs> we just get rid of all tracking. Exactly. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, yeah, I made a thousand dollars last month. And David says, I made $1,000 last year. (laughs) (laughs) Did you pay your employees? No, of course not. (laughs) (laughs) They get here. They come in here for the love of the game. For the love of the game. Well, so that is a a really interesting concept that a shop that would be doing all that had no documentation, Mm -hmm. had no paperwork, 
Had no way that, of tracking. Right. That makes how much me time on each car. Right. That makes me super nervous. Right. Like that makes me super nervous and, as and, a shop owner. And I here, here's the thing is that every time we say something like this in an episode, they come back later. Well, you know, so a listener will come back and say, oh, you don't need all that stuff. You don't have to do all that stuff. That's a, that's overkill. Right. And a lot of those guys, they've been running like that for years. I, I just could not even remotely imagine trying to run a shop like that. I think the the one thing, though, the difference, if you talk to whoever asks for the money, they have no problem just asking for more money or the car gets pushed yeah. outside and left, abandoned. Yeah. They have no, because you talk to enough performance guys and they are afraid to ask for more money. Mm-hmm. Like they oh, ran yeah. out of money. Oh, yeah. And they're like, hey, I'm 10000 into this. You already put 10000 down. I, I need another 10000 10, and then it, they're afraid to ask for it, so they don't. So they'll collect the next deposit to finish this one car, and it turns into this cycle where yep. they're just they're chasing the next car to finish off this first one, and it, and they never make any money. They never get ahead because it never works. You know, the, the the shops that make it are the, are the ones that are the only reason why that guy's still around because it sounds like a cluster. The only reason why that guy's around is he's like. It's 10,000 more. I'm pushing it outside. And sorry. So the guy that I talk about that owns the the energy company that I'm friends with, right? Mm-hmm. I watched him go through something. He actually took a vehicle to a friend's shop. And me and the friend aren't friends anymore because of what happened. But he ends up taking this car to his shop upon my recommendation. And what he wanted is he wanted the um, – it, it was – the exhaust came out into a body kit underneath a classic Mustang. And what he wanted is he wanted the the exhaust to come out and fill the spot in the body kit to fill it all the way in to where it looked right. They had just put a pipe when they built mm-hmm. the car. They It was like a bullet Mustang conversion, whatever you want to call it. And it comes back, and it, the pipe just comes out, so it doesn't look good. Now, this person was extremely talented, one of the most talented TIG welders I've ever met, and was extremely precise and extremely good at everything he did. But he was expensive. And so... After a year, this man still hadn't got his car back. And now this person's hard to communicate with, right? He's a he's a very, very successful businessman. And he goes all over the world. And so sometimes he's not in town. Well, the, this shop calls once and he doesn't answer. So he, I don't have time to call him back. I don't have time for this, right? So he never calls the guy back. And then he shows up to get the car and dude's like, yeah, 7,000 bucks. And it wasn't even what he wanted. It wasn't even done yet. And he's like, well, you told me you wanted it fixed up right. So I did this and I did this and I did this and I did this and he wanted all these things done. Now, here's the thing is that to this person, $7,000 is like, I don't care, right? Like whatever, who cares? Drop them, drop in the bucket. But, but it was the, it was the principle of it for me. And I told him, I was like, you should not pay that. I was like, unless he's giving you a signed estimate of what the scope of the work is and what he's going to do and when he's going to do it and when he's going to have it done. And you agreed to it. Well, dude, he's left it sitting outside parked underneath a tree. And it's oh, destroyed no. the paint on the car. No. Water got inside the car. And he's like, well, it's not my problem. You should have called me back. Now, look, dude's got 40-some cars. He doesn't think about one car. Yeah. Right? right. Like, it, as, as a shop owner, it's your responsibility to be calling and saying, hey, I still have your car. What would you like me to do with it? Well, see, that's hey. the difference, though. Like, you're worried about those cars. You're worried about every single car that comes through the shop. He doesn't. No, the, uh, doesn't well, even what, doesn't even think about it. Just like I'm me. saying, that's pay what me. I'm saying. Like that's pay that me. shop. They're like, and, 
just another car. Like, either pay me or no. And, and if is, no, it goes outside. This is still how shop owners become bitter mm-hmm. because this guy still can't manage his cash flow properly. He's still got employees who are mad that they're not getting paid on time. He still has customers leaving one-star reviews, rightfully so. Yeah. But it just gets buried in, well, I'm making enough. or I'm surviving. Yeah. Or it's all under the mattress. Well, and and that's the thing with this person is that they they ran a very successful business for many, many years, and they, they made a lot of money. But... Everybody knew that they had a reputation for being an mm-hmm. asshole, right? I mean, that's just what it was. Like, don't expect customer service. You're not going to get customer service. Do you get really good quality? Yes. But the second that you piss him off, the second that you it's do over. something he yeah. doesn't like, he's just going to push your shit outside and leave it outside. Mm-hmm. And and it's about him. Everything about this is about him and what he gets and how he gets it and his perception of what it is that he deserves from you. And And – in some ways, we talk to shop owners all the time and we tell them, you should probably be working like that. You should probably be saying, what about me? Don't be a scumbag about it, right? Do it the right way. And, and in the group, I don't know if you've seen this. We had some conversations recently in the group where somebody was talking about approvals and things like that. And they said, well, you know, you guys keep saying raise your prices and you keep, keep saying charge more and charge the hours that you're worth. I'm like, yeah, but there's a strategy to that, right? It's not just like all of a sudden start charging them eight hours on a diag, not tell them that they're going to be charged eight hours to begin oh, with yeah. and just throwing it at them. Right. So don't do that. Yeah. I'm yeah. I had to write hypothetically write a customer a check this morning already <laughs> for something that happened kind of like that. Oh man. Some damage and some bait and switch pricing. I don't know why that happened. Oh. But it happened, and I will have some interesting conversations on Monday. But you, how comfortable you do, do you feel uh, sharing the story? Oh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> While it's still oh, raw, sure, right? Yeah, I was I was grateful I got to vent about it already. So this oh. will be a bit more measured, <laughs> whether you wanted it to be or not. Uh, we had a customer drop off a vehicle yesterday for some frame modification. work and it involves basically making clearance in the front wheel wells for bigger tires okay it should take probably three and a half to four hours done right where you make a measurement make a cut smooth it out weld on reinforcement plates paint it smooth it out again all the normal stuff that goes into a job like that four hours uh i was asked Earlier yesterday, hey, how much should we charge for something like that? And I told them. And then he came back and said, well, the customer's not very happy about that. He's saying we screwed him over. He already Ubered away after before I told him the price, and now he can't come back. I was like, well, why are we doing it that way? Why are we telling yeah. the customer the price? It was before we started the work. But it was after he dropped the car off and left. Right. And he, I basically told him, you know, I'm. Hey, everyone, it's Lucas. I'm sorry to jump in, but I thought it was important to come and say this. 
You know, I'm often asked, why do we always talk about Kim and Brian Walker and shop marketing pros on the show? It's because we genuinely believe in their product. Why do I use them for my own marketing? In fact, they're building me a new website right now. It's not cookie cutter. I kept getting on Facebook and every shop looked the exact same. I didn't want to be that. And it's not just that. It's that they're part of your team. When you hire them to do your marketing, they get to know you. They know what you believe. They know what you say and they know why you do what you do. And they share that with your clients. That's huge. And beyond all of that, probably the most important factor in all of this is they stand behind their work. So don't wait. Go today and get your free marketing analysis from Shop Marketing Pros. They're genuinely our friends and they're genuinely here to help shop owners have a better life. Click on the link in the show notes for your free marketing analysis today. That's right. It's free. doesn't cost you a dime. I'm not there. I'm not going to micromanage this situation. This is an experienced person. Right. Do what you think is right. So apparently what happened next is we price matched the middle quote that this customer received from another shop. But because we could get it in sooner, he opted to go with us. So we do the work. And then last night at the go-karting event, I got a text message that said, hey, can you give me a call? Oh, I hate those. I hate those. And uh, so I'd say, hey, what's up? Oh, well, apparently we, we cut his running boards and the wiring harness for his running boards and his fender liner and the clearance job on the frame isn't a deep enough cut. So he actually cut his tires. So this morning... <laughs> The, what what in the hell are you talking about? Somebody just went with that like a, <laughs> a sawzall, well, and they're like, I, I wish oh, I wish I, I went knew. through the tire wheel, <laughs> running boards, floorboards are messed up. I cut the carpet. <laughs> what the hell did he go in blind? I I wish I knew. I'm not there yet. <laughs> so this is where so so you know the customer was actually very understanding. So he wrote me over the course of the last. 18 hours, he's written me three very long emails. And, and the, oh, no. <laughs> the first one was a lot of ranting. The second one started with, now that I've had a chance to calm down, right? here's what I think. And I'd already emailed back and said, I'm taking care of it. Whatever you need, just let me know. I'll take care of it. So he responds and says, this is what I, these are my demands. And I said, all right, that's fine. Then he writes a third email and he says, all right, I've done some research on you. Because I figured you were going to be a shady shop owner that yeah. that cannot, you know, is not going to pay me. I'm going to be screwed on this deal. You did horrible work. You're, the old brand of the shop that I acquired apparently did not have a very good reputation. Sure. And he was ready to trash me on the internet yeah, and right. report me to the state and yeah, yeah. the Better Business Bureau and all that. Then he looked me up and he said, oh, you seem like a upstanding guy you have a podcast you have a a presence online you seem to be kind of opinionated about the automotive industry and i'm surprised that your shop did this work right and i want to give you the opportunity to make it right and i won't say anything about you and i made it right he's already been paid he's blackmailing you what a dirtbag so what 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 did he demand so Basically, he's he's already ordered all of the replacement parts that we damaged. So running boards, fender liners, 
both sides. I don't know how this happened. And he said, I'll forget the wiring harness since this is an off-road vehicle. It's, I wasn't going to need light up running boards anyways. What? The, the, the sequence of events here doesn't make any sense. So he, he comes and drops off the car. And we had given him one price when he dropped it off. Uh, I learned this this morning. Oh, okay. We, we gave him a price that was way too low. And then and then they called you and they're like, hey, how much should we charge for yes. this? Yes. And I told oh. them and I told them a different number that was three times or you know, two and a half times higher. Okay. So my advisor calls him and or texts he, him an estimate and says, Here's your new quote. Oh before man. we started the work. Yeah, but okay. I don't know why we did that. That's not well, so so uh, you know, do, do, you, do you guys have set pricing for doing that kind of work? If it's this year making model with this setup, this is how much to to do the cutting and the welding and all that jazz. Yes, the the failing point was that my advisor didn't know that pricing. Okay, but I would have basically said, "Look, quotes the quote. I don't really care what we should have charged. I didn't right. know that he had already told him a price." Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you sort of have to stick with it. Yeah, and, but then and, I I don't understand. So the so the new price, the guy flips out, but then agrees to it. No, then we then we price match. So they they price then price match. They went up on their price, and, and then, then they came back Timmy to the middle. Gets the sawzall out or the, the technician the Timmy. It's wheel. not little Timmy. It's technician Timmy. This is little Timmy. Because they took, they gave the eight year old the cutoff <laughs> wheel, and they're like, "Go, go to town." And he's like, oh, "It makes sense." Just like, <laughs> just cut the whole fender out, right? They like, cut the whole fender out. It sounds like. well. I mean, that's what I'm trying to understand: is how did we cut running boards, <laughs> and how did we cut what? How and they did they not take off? They're just like, so you want me to just. Yeah, okay. Did right. we not take the fender liner the out first? The tires so, weren't off. So nothing. I, I, will went to need, town. <laughs> I will need to ask on Monday. I don't have a complete We're going to need a follow-up on this. this. Is, I'm happy to provide a follow-up. I would do you like have, do to, cameras? We have, I have cameras. You I should look up the yet. camera. Yeah. That's got to be hilarious. I mean, not for you. We're just <laughs> watching some guy. It's been an expensive morning. Well, I mean, but, so like an hour shop, right? The rule is... Is that if, if we have something somebody wants us to do, hey, I have the specific thing I want done. Great. Tell you what we'll do. Go ahead and get in. We'll create an appointment and we'll do an evaluation first. Now, if we can in this evaluation, say our peace of mind process, pinpoint what it's going to take to do this. There'll be no charge for it. But if we really need to dig in and disassemble some things and take yeah. a look and see what kind of condition the vehicle's in, it could be up to $250. Mm -hmm. And once we do that, we'll be able to come back to you and give you an accurate estimate on where we're going. Well, such yeah, and such gave me a price for, and then I'm going to say, I completely understand. But in our area, there's vehicles that are in lots of different conditions. And so you've got this vehicle that you're modifying. And until I look at it, I just don't know. I completely understand. And and honestly, if you're really looking for the cheapest price, I'm probably going to need to refer you to somebody else anyway, because that's not what we provide. We provide a really high quality service here. Now, I would have been terrified if I said that to a client and then had your experience. Yeah. <laughs> no offense. Yeah. Well, and and so I'll, I'll take some steps back in the story here. So in 2020, you got, when did the, the original podcast start? 
end of twenty nineteen. Twenty twenty, September twenty twenty. Yeah. Yeah. So so I had just started having all of these experiences with helping a shop try to come up from what was yeah. a traditional shop to what I believed, even as a customer with some business background, yeah. sh- thinks it should be. And in the process, I got the chance to help them. So I actually ran that shop for three months. Okay. It was a very insane three months, but it was a great first education into, okay, how should I do this right? Yeah. And I made plenty of mistakes. I was blackmailed in that role too. Somebody told me that I would enjoy Brixton prison in South (laughs) London. And, uh, that, yeah. So plenty of interesting, interesting stories along the way, but I realized that I could do it and that I, I actually could help shops because in that process, although it wasn't perfect by any means, we did make improvements. Yeah. And the owner was happy with the work that I had done in those three months. And so I accidentally became a shop coach. And accidentally. Yeah, because I same thing happened to David. It was all by accident. It was all I think it was highly calculated. <laughs> I don't know about calculated. I also make big decisions very quickly. <laughs> They're just always the wrong ones. No. Yes. I feel like you have a good track record. No. Okay. It's terrible. He has not listened to any of the podcasts. I've listened to a lot of them. I'm just trying to give you the benefit of it. <laughs> yeah, it's just being nice. <laughs> now that you're in front of me, I'm just gonna be nice to you. But we won't talk about the Instagram messages you sent me about even so okay. The what? Never that mind. was mm. <laughs> Whoa. Now I got to tell him about that. No, I'm just <laughs> Hey, your coach is convincing. quite the quite the uh prophylactic there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but but yeah, so I I moved back from London to the US knowing that that was that was all in the cards for my family anyways. Right. And I realized that the only businesses that I could adequately sell to were shops because I know where I can find you. <laughs> right. And I would I would walk in and and just start talking to shop owners and basically say, here's my skill set in consulting and strategy operations mm-hmm. and finance. I can help you with figuring out what direction you should take your shop. You're offering all these different services. I, I believe in focus and specialization. Yeah. Here's where you should go with that. I'm a former accountant. I can do your bookkeeping mm-hmm. when in my sleep, even though it's something you've never done. So let's get you caught up. Let's pay your last three yeah. years of taxes. Those were the shops I was finding, unfortunately. But now David's gonna never gonna let this episode go out. You know that, right? Because you just said pay I'm, taxes. David doesn't pay taxes. There's I do eventually. Well, so eventually. We, we were talking about this last night and I'm in California, so I, at a minimum you're paying eight hundred dollars a year for your LLC. Eight hundred dollars for an know LLC. That. It's, it's great. Yeah, I'm supposed to pay fifty dollars to the Secretary of State just to file, just to say, "Hey, I still exist." I didn't because I object to it, just on <laughs> principle. Well, that fifty dollars is now like two hundred and fifty dollars, <laughs> and it requires me. I still haven't done it. It still <laughs> requires me to like fax in this form, the the original application. For, for like, it's a reapplication for resubmission to get my LLC back on good standing. And then like an explanation letter why I didn't pay the $50 and so And I, I haven't done it yet, but 
You should so just done with care on principle. Yeah. I'm going to end up paying five. Done times with care more. auto repairs. Not actually a business anymore. Yeah, <laughs> look it up. Look it up. And it'll show suspended. Uh, no, yeah, it's not even delinquent. It's forfeited. But no, it, it was delinquent. Isn't that when it rolls over like three months? Don't past they the date. stop insuring you when that happens? Aren't no, you they, uninsurable? No. You sure? I, I paid. Are, I already. I paid my entire year's premium up. Well, on. it doesn't matter. I'm just saying. Don't they come back and say we can't insure you because you're not a I, a I business? Think yeah, it's, it's just have, the fact that all of your contracts bearing that business name are voided. I don't have any contracts. You don't have any reseller permit. Sure. Documentation with they the don't talk to each other. It. These these agencies don't talk to each that's, other. That's, that's true. going to crash and burn. <laughs> <laughs> they don't talk to each other. Well, before I release this episode, I'm going to make sure I get the stupid application in. But I'm saying, on principle, the fact no. that I have to pay $50 just to tell the flipping state that I exist is loathsome to me. How expired are your vehicle registration tags? Not yet. Really? But. That's impressive. They're going to roll over on Monday. Okay. So. I I handle the loaners first because customers are driving those yep. and I can't get, but they don't get the sticker until I put them on there when I damn well please. And most customers don't notice that they're, and they can't they get a get phone call. Over. No, because it, it pulls up that they're registered because my loaners are old and cheap and mm-hmm. it's like, it's going to cost me a hundred bucks to, to register. My personal vehicle, however, is, uh, is newer and more, uh, expensive and, but but hold on. Did you just say it's okay to pay that hundred dollars to the government, even though the fifty it, is it's, not okay? Is it okay? Uh, n- yeah, kind of a little bit. the The fact that I it, it's it's a you I'm, get something for to, the fifty. Yeah, yeah. I get I get something. 100. I get something to. I get the ability to to drive the vehicle, not get pulled over, and have to pay additional fines. Uh, that freedom is, is worthwhile to me. The $50, I don't get anything from the state. I get nothing from the state, nothing, nothing from the flipping state. I just need to send them $50 just to let them know that I haven't closed the business. Right. That's it. I agree with you. I know it's okay to push back. Well, no, but I think. It, it's it can be true that I both used to take money from people in order for me to pay the government on their behalf. No, well, you're just providing a service. That I have no problem service, paying yeah. the. I'm not. I I pay a bookkeeper, and and I'll at the end of the year I'll pay the accountant to file my taxes for me, and and I'm, I'm proud of myself. I'm going to stop doing it myself because I'm a little behind, a little behind. <laughs> Saves you time. <laughs> what, what? hopefully it'll save me time and the other thing i'm gonna say is um i've gotten to dollar amounts that now i need help like i can no longer w- because i don't know the tax code well enough like i can i can find deductions because there's always something right and you can do a little research and time and effort but yeah it's now it's a time versus am i really going to be able to be effective at this and it's gotten to the point where I'm not, I, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Like, I, I don't know. I can't dig deep enough into the tax code and go, well, if you do this and then this and then this. Yeah, I just, I hand that off to somebody. Yeah, but the dollar amounts weren't before, weren't, uh, 
weren't enough that you know you had enough expenses and you could find enough fluff in there that you're like oh okay calls it even you get my hundred dollar refund check and i'm good hundred dollar refund check that's all and now now they've got these new irs agents looking to look through the S-Corps and LLCs a little bit They're creating a new agency. You see this? They're creating a new agency specifically to target pass-through corporations. Did you know this? I didn't know this, actually. They just announced it. It's one of of their new initiatives to find uh, all of the people that have... This is why we don't (laughs) open. This is why we don't open the shades. This is why we don't open the shades. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so they're gonna they're gonna specifically target pass through uh, entities. So I'm gonna f- refile as a C corp, and uh, that's funny. <laughs> gonna refile it. I'm gonna show massive corporate losses every single year. <laughs> Call it good. All we'll right. see what happens. Well, so anyway, <laughs> <laughs> like he's still a professional, so he's sitting over here saying, "Oh, what he's an accountant? I he he knows how to structure everything." And it's like, "Oh, I got to set this I, aside to pay my taxes." I was in a group called Structuring in in my past life. Okay, so we we would structure deals for optimal outcomes. Yeah, whatever they were, and a lot of what we did was alternative investments for life insurance companies in renewable energy Mm -hmm. so that they could write off a lot of money really in and basically it's because the companies that create this is way more education no 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 this is fascinating the companies that build solar fields and wind farms yeah they're not profitable no they have no none of them are they have (laughs) solera Where did that four billion go? I don't know. Green yeah. energy. Sorry, go so, ahead. So they, they have <laughs> no need for tax credits that the government gives them. Mm-hmm. And they have no need for the large amounts of depreciation that they're able to recognize for all this equipment. All of the equipment yeah. that mm-hmm. they're investing in. So what do they do? They create these investment structures where let's say a large bank puts up 10% of the money to buy or to to build the wind farm or the solar field. That bank is going to take all of the tax benefits. Mm-hmm. And they have these extremely complicated legal documents that I used to read and then model out in Excel. That sounds terrible. I had so much fun. I was the only one that knew how to do it. That's oh, what I loved dude. about it. <laughs> oh, I'd lose my mind. <laughs> But it was a lot of it was a lot of going to Ohio and Kansas and you know the great middle middle America states where these things are built in very large volumes, Oklahoma, mm-hmm. and talking with these people and saying, "All right, well, you own ten percent of this wind farm. You're going to get an extra fifty million dollars in deductions mm-hmm. plus tax credits that are a dollar for dollar reduction of your your tax liability." in exchange for 10% of this. And in five years, when it may or may not become profitable, we'll flip that. So you're only taking 10% of the profits. So that's how the complicated legal documents worked is they, they're called a flip structure where the, the, I, so they were dumping whatever dollar amounts to, to take on this 10% of this solar farm or the wind farm or whatever. 
they were saving more in taxes than what they were spending on the investment, right? Yeah. Like significantly more? Hard to say in the yeah. long run because even if they are in the short run going to save a lot on taxes, in the long run, it may it may come out as a break even. But everybody's looking at the short term for it. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And they, that uh, yeah, that's not a bad thing. My models would go out 20 years and you could see it would, the number would be super negative and then it would get closer and closer to zero. Yeah. But that is based on, you know, projected All to profits. avoid right, <laughs> sending the money to Washington. Yes. Which is great. I applaud you. I, you did God's work right there. Good I, for I you. Agree. <laughs> I mean, what, what are you, what are they going to do with the money? Send it to Ukraine. That's what, <laughs> <laughs> what they are. That's what they're going to do. Is this how, is this how you predicted this podcast would go? Yeah. Something like this. All right. That's uh, how every uh, podcast goes. Say, this is pretty much how they all go at this point. And you know, here's the thing though, is that David, they have billions to invest to accomplish that. I would say he's not cheap. And so they have billions to invest to avoid paying taxes. How many, I, how many dollars do you? <laughs> I don't, I don't have any dollars. Well, $760 and, when I looked this morning. And to be clear, <laughs> I don't do this anymore. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah, I don't know, do any of this it. anymore. I don't even do the shop coaching because right. although I had all of these sort of principled ideas mm -hmm. of general business management and yeah. a love of cars that I could combine together to at least, you know, persist long enough to build a client base doing the coaching work. I had a terrible time retaining clients yeah. because I would suggest and suggest and suggest, and I wasn't an expert coach or anything yeah, like that yeah. who could apply, you know, past experiences to be able to build credibility and have answers to every question and be able right. to solve all the little problems along the way that builds trust in my clients. And so I didn't have a very good retention. And so I would go through clients all the while not really making very much money because mm -hmm. I at the time was trying to be a lower cost. Yeah. Option. More, more of like a, an assistance for them to be able to help them kind of, it, it was, you're kind of like me. It's a, it's about the game of solving the problem. Yeah. It's not so much about the money. It's about solving the problem. Well, and it was, I felt that I was more impactful in a more involved role yeah. than a, you know, twice a month phone call or something like that. Yeah. But I could not charge. This yeah. is one of those words that we don't talk about anymore, but yeah. I couldn't charge that much, you know, in my right. area, yeah. the whole West Coast that I drove up and down several times trying to find clients. Oh, man. But but yeah, so that was in, in 2020 and, and 2021. Right. At the end of 2021, I had the opportunity to buy one of my clients. Okay. So I bought in a minority stake, bought out another partner in, in one of my clients. That was a vinyl wrap paint protection film ceramic coating shop mm. and ran that for a year. We tripled sales, hired three more employees, moved from a 2000 square foot shop into a 5000 square foot shop, started really building up the brand. And it was yeah. only like a three year old company when I bought in. Yeah. And we did pretty substantially increase the value of the company. But my business partner, who was the founder of the company, decided that we were getting too corporate and that he wanted a more family atmosphere yeah. and that he also didn't want to work opening hours and that he wanted to show up at 11 when he felt like it and, and bring his puppy in and yeah. have his girlfriend come in and do free work for us. And none of that really worked 
for me. Yeah. So, that would have been me, by the way. Like, I don't want to show up. If you I want to bring my dog. <laughs> I could imagine dogs. you with a business partner would be cool. No, yeah, it, that, it would that be like a work. sitcom. It that would really would. Really entertaining, that would, actually. That would be bad. That's your work next, out. the next phase of your entertainment career. <laughs> <laughs> the David and Juan sitcom. Oh. <laughs> Poor Juan. I know. I feel so bad for that guy. I know he doesn't listen to the show, but please just let him know. I feel bad for him having to work with you. Yeah. He's terrible. okay. He handles it fine. Yeah, because he ignores you. He doesn't ignore me. Why would he ignore me? I think you're gone probably just enough. That it- I, I am not there, but I do. You know, I help on the phones and building estimates and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But I'm not at the shop, at mm-hmm. the shop very much. Phew. Oh. I-, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I can handle that, man. I know you can't. You're just like too ingrained, too involved. No, I'm saying I don't think I can handle working with you. You do work with me. I was going to say. No, I can work with you like this. This is no different. How I am with this, I'm with the shop as well. That's why I I feel bad for one. (laughs) You're talking out of both sides of your mouth. You don't make any sense. No, look, I am completely capable of 100% ignoring you. You can sit over there and ramble on about nothing (laughs) for two hours, and I am completely, I'm immune to it, right? I don't even hear it anymore. And so Juan is very much the same way, but then Juan has to call and be like, hey, David, the sheriff's department is here with the tax (laughs) warrant. (laughs) What do you want me to do? No, he doesn't call me on those. I have to ask. Hey, did the sheriff show up? (laughs) Yeah. But I figured you already paid. I I did, but you still need to tell me when they show up. It's kind of bad that it's so common at this point. That's just oh, yeah. normal life. Apparently, my tech was joking about it with the sheriff. And he's like, oh, you guys come down pretty often. You, you'll get to know the shop. And the sheriff's like, ha, ha, ha. She, she thought he was joking. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. You, you, leave, you lead an interesting life. Me? Yeah. At least on paper. From the government's perspective, <laughs> an interesting life. <laughs> well, you know, did, uh, you weren't at the last ASOG dinner, were you no, here? No. Um, so they gave awards away and they gave all this stuff away. And uh, Dutch reaches into this box and he's like, David, David, where's David Roman? And David walks up and he says, I have something for you. And so here comes David. And Dutch is pulling out an orange jumpsuit with numbers on the back of it. <laughs> He's holding it up, hands it to David. There was supposed to be costumes at the or costumes at the uh, at the race last night, and I thought you were going to bring your jumpsuit. No, 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 no. I don't. I don't want to go to jail. That I'm, I'm too soft for jail. I don't think I <laughs> survive Depending long. on what facility you go into, you may actually be getting something from the state at that point. <laughs> oh, you've been getting all that money back, David. Three square meals or whatever it is, and a bed and a bathroom and yeah, that, over your head. And that bathroom, man. Um, you can ask George. He'll probably tell you more, but I would be careful about holding on to the soap. Okay. Don't drop <laughs> like I said, depending on what facility you go into. Yeah. 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 We'll see. Some we'll of the others, they might out. get something from you. <laughs> 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 anyway, well, I'll so continue my story. You <laughs> I'll I'll say this. Um at some point, I'm just warning you. 
at some point, some car is going to come along and break your heart. And that car is going to ruin all other cars for you for forever. Mm -hmm. Because, and, and, you know, I'm just telling you this, um, because I'm old and grizzled and, um, jaded and, um, and I've had those cars break my heart. And all, no longer do you see the car driving down the road and go, that's a cool car. No. You see the oil leaks. You see the recalls. You see the uh, unperformed maintenance work. You see the um, the A-hole driving it going, man, I wouldn't want to deal with that A-hole. I can just see the car guys like yeah. in on my face, calling me every 15 minutes. Like all of that in every car that drives by. And it's really rare for you to see a car that go, ooh. That's a cool car. Yeah. Now I've lost all of my passion for the cars. Every bit of it. I, I see a third gen RX seven. And I, you know, I'm like, oh, that's a cool car. Because <laughs> you've never worked on one. Because I've never worked on one. I did have a second gen though. And I could never get it to run right. <laughs> I look, I've 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 got a couple diesel pickups that that I see. I, I I'm I really like the creature comforts of the modern automobile but the concept of like being passionate and being an enthusiast about the car for me is gone long well, gone so i was never a tech i was never a full-time service advisor i'm really just a guy who knows some about business and loves cars and that's oh, me what too dear I've never been a technician. I've never been a service advisor until I opened a shop. And, and all of a sudden, I'm working on cars and advising. And it's not that. It's just owning the shop. Because that phone call that you took from the guy, they cut at that. That turns into the next one and then the next yeah, one and then the next it, one. It's not even that. It's not It's not that. Oh, by the way, that the lady with the, the host clamp left me a five-star review. Oh, that was I awesome. I love her. She's awesome. She. You know why? You know why? She's a business owner. She Can knows. I, she knows. Can I just point out to you that if you had fired the tech that you said you were going to fire, I don't know, three months ago, that wouldn't have even happened. You know, you don't know. That's not. It wasn't his fault. He didn't do anything wrong. Well, no, he didn't. I guess he didn't do the, the proper um, recheck procedure. <clears throat> so he did do something wrong. I'm just saying, it's not. It's not even like the big like mistakes. It's sometimes it's the little things and. And maybe you're not like this, but like I take every car home mentally. Yeah. It's like, and I don't, and, and, and it's not even, and this is a bad habit. I mean, you shouldn't do that, but I worry about every car that yeah. leaves the shop. Yep. And I'm just, I, and I it's see not the that, text messages come in. I see the voicemails come in. I see somebody recommend us on a Facebook group. And I'm like, oh, no, (laughs) please don't do that. It's like that because you're just, you're just, it's, it's constant anxiety about what could go wrong. And I have, I have great people and Juan does a great job and everybody's trying really hard and I've got a great diagnostician. I've got a fantastic mechanic who does the best mechanical work and I trust them implicitly and explicitly with Everything I give them, but, but that, so, that's just it is that, that you will never reach perfection, right? No matter what. And each one of those, like when you're putting that much pressure on yourself, because that's, that's me, right? When you're putting that much pressure on yourself, knowing that you will never hit perfection and that, that there is a large subset, subsection of clients 
who is completely unforgiving, completely unwilling to like work with you or understand or right. Like those clients, the, the 100 good clients make it worthwhile, but that one bad client will eat you alive for months at a time. Right. It's a, it's not the bad, the bad client or the upset client. It's the, it's just the, the, the car that, that just was not fixable or it's not that we even did anything wrong. Is that the car leaves? Oh, I'll give you a perfect example. We did cylinder heads on a on a Subaru Forester. The guy is the sweetest guy in the whole wide world, and he's like, "Well, it's going to cost five thousand dollars to do the cylinder heads on the Subaru, or I can go find another Forester for twenty five thousand dollars. I'm just going to spend the five. So, okay, that makes that makes sense. So he spends the five thousand dollars with us. I ended up being like six or something like this. We had to do something else to the car: steering rack, radiator, something else. Two weeks later, the check engine light comes on, and he like it's every light on the dash. Now he doesn't call anything; he just drops off. Say, "Hey, let me know when you figure this out." Ended up being an oil switch. Now I didn't should have given it again. At this point, I'm anxious because he already spent the money. I want this car to be good. He hadn't even driven it maybe 250 miles. He has he wasn't even in for his first oil change since the rebuild, and I. I'm just like, I just want to get a throw, part thrown at it and let's get it out the door and turn this around quickly. I didn't read the code properly. I bought the part, didn't even go through the diag process. I just want this car gone. Anyway, he ends up coming back like three more times. <laughs> Finally, on the third time, we end up giving it to the diagnostician and, and he, um, ends up being an oil pressure switch. And he's like, Hey, this whole time it's been this thing here. I don't know why you guys didn't give it to me to diagnose. Anyway, it's he was never upset. He never got mad. He loves us to death. He's left us great reviews. He still loves us. He still makes comments on the callbacks, and he's like, I love these guys. I trust them. They always take care of me. But it's a flipping car. Like, Yeah, I can but, see that. Like, why is we it the car? Be, we didn't do anything other than we took the salon heads off. We got them cleaned up. We we put new gaskets yeah. in there. We they peened the the exhaust seat, the exhaust valve seat. Um, put it all back together. This oil pressure switch just decided to give up the ghost. Not related to anything we did. Right. It was just it decided to give up the why? It could have waited a year and then it would have wouldn't have looked and I would have made money on the repair because the check engine light would have come on. We would have gone through our whole proper process and it would have cost the customer maybe 250 bucks to get that repair done. I would have made money on that $250 repair and I wouldn't have lost any sleep. I'm not anxious, freaking out about what's going on in this car. Why doesn't it act right? So why why did you lose sleep and not make money because on the it? Because the car be, because oh, he had just spent the money and and this is the overarching. I've mentioned this before. You've heard me say this before. Uh, <laughs> I need to feel like I have over delivered on what they paid me. They paid me six thousand dollars. I need to feel as though I have given them more in value. And if that exchange tips either even or in the other direction, it's over for me. And all of a sudden, I'm throwing parts at this flipping car. I have done free brake jobs. On engine jobs, we will put an engine in the car, yep. get it all yep. going, drive it, and it's like, why is the front end shaking? Well, the car came in with a locked up engine. At no point could we have driven this car. Yep. 
it had plenty of brake pad. The rotors were warped. Yeah, or rusty where they've been sitting or whatever. Yeah, and so what happens? You take it on a test drive, and you're like, guess I'm doing a free job. Why? I'm not calling this customer asking for brake for break money. You're giving me $6,000 at this point. No, dude, I'm going back. I will go back to the client. I will explain to them. And, and it's funny because I'm sitting here listening to you talk about this, and I'm thinking – I can go back and listen to our early shows and I can listen to myself develop as a shop owner, right? I can hear myself change and, and change my belief structure a little bit here and there. And somebody will say something and that makes sense, right? Like that. And so I, I have developed a little bit in that area because I used to be that exact same way, right? Now I will call the client back. I will put on the ticket. Hey, I'm unable to drive this vehicle before it, I can. It depends. If I missed it, if we did something where like, hey, we missed this. I'm eating hundred percent of the time, hundred percent of the time. I eat a lot of stuff. I think I really do. I think there's sort of the the expertise premium that you can afford to eat those kind of things because that's how you are. I can't afford it. Branding? Yes, you can. Uh, trust me, I can't. This trust is why you me, have I such can. a low tax bill. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay. There you go. I can't afford it. So you should be kind of okay with the fact that you can't afford it. Um, that we're going down that tangent again. We don't need to do that. I think, I think the way that I rationalize in my head that eating that kind of a, a situation is okay is because yeah, we're the experts. We shouldn't have missed that. Right. Well, and I charged you enough that exactly. I can be profitable. Yep. Even if I run into these things, the, the problem though is that you you build out the estimate and you're at like whatever. 58% to 62% GP on the whole ticket. That includes even the oil change and all that. So tires. At the end of the day, you have tires, oil change, and then a whole bunch of work. You have 58. Boom. Great. In the repair, something got missed. You didn't leave enough wiggle room necessarily. Necessarily. And then now you're like, okay, well, we're going to have to start adding $50 or $200 in my mind, it's like I'm not going to pad the ticket just to pad the ticket because we're sloppy. I would prefer that we refine our process to and be more so thorough. I've, I've had to I've had to have this conversation and build the process yeah. already for it, and it is, and I I aspire to have the sort of script writing ability of of you, Lucas, for this. I don't have any scripts. But, well, okay, you plan yeah. your <laughs> words very well, and I have taken a lot of them <laughs> well that is awesome but so this one is now okay he's beaming <laughs> mr customer right <laughs> right oh i've always wanted to do this <laughs> <laughs> mr customer i don't have your accent though oh man um, come on at least try <laughs> well no i was he likes no. it when you try and <laughs> yeah. you get it wrong and no. you sound like somebody else he gets very it, it's very just his imi- it's it's his imitation of me that's offensive <laughs> But you know when he, you know if you can at least say vehicle, that yeah. that's gonna make my day better, Mister Customer. <laughs> <laughs> so as we go through this, this is this is a very involved repair. Yeah. And although we have performed many repairs very similar to this, I've never done this on this specific vehicle before. So yeah. you can have all the confidence in the world that we'll be able to get your vehicle fixed properly, but I may not be able to foresee and build into this estimate every single part that we may need to replace over the course of this head gasket job, whatever it is. 
I'd like you to anticipate an additional 5%, 10% on the ticket that we may or may not need to use. Yeah. You'll be able to track back every part that is on our estimate to a part on the car that would need to be replaced in this job, but I don't have a crystal ball. I'm not going to be able to see all of them up front. Please be aware of that. Yeah. If that's not acceptable to you, then yeah, it's back to the script of you probably need to be referred elsewhere. So I don't call my customers, so none of that would happen. I would just have to tack the $600 or whatever. Well, you can put that in writing and it's even better than a recorded phone call. I would think I, so good point. I I go to them and I explain, right. And I document this on the repair order, but I go to them and I, I'm just going to make a line says bullshit. $600. I like (laughs) even on an oil change. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, I'm going to need you to approve the bullshit line. because Your car is full of bullshit and there's some things coming up. up You say say oil change, but I I got a call from, from Lucas and he's like, Hey, uh, so that tech and started an oil change, drained the oil, got it all like ready to go. And he's like, Hey, uh, I can't get the oil filter out. I need this special oil. What in the hell? Why didn't you tell me? Why didn't you tell me at the beginning? You didn't have them. I've got a better one. This is a tech I did fire. Why does this oil look so clean? Why are we doing this oil change? It's kind of red, actually. <laughs> well, is that is that transmission fluid? No, it's not. This is definitely the oil drain plug. Okay. We, none of us looked at the car. None of us. We just overheard him say this out loud. An hour, an hour <gasps> later. Hey, can you buy some transmission fluid? <laughs> Why? Because I drained the transmission on this car this was a friday at 4 30 before labor day yes uh, <clears throat> you got a free oil change <laughs> i you know I, I i have seen it happen so many times that i've seen so many little stupid mistakes Super. audi oh um, yeah you can do that on yeah. one of those too i it, that's one of the reasons that in our shop we have a hard fast rule that it comes in early in the day right we don't all of the new work comes in first thing in the morning. Yeah. And then if you make boo-boo, you got time to clean up the mess. Yep. We don't ever pull something in. Like if it, I had a guy that set an appointment, he was supposed to drop off in the morning. He shows up at noon. Yep. I'm mm-hmm. not getting in. I'm sorry. Well, he's like, hey, I'm, it was right before a holiday. And he's like, he's still get me in. Like, we're going to do our best. We were one quart short on CVT fluid. I remember that. And he, he, we're like, hey, man, I'm really sorry. We are one quart short, and we're not going to be able to get it tonight because we had rushed to, to get all our other BS done. We got him pulled in. We got him inspected. We quoted it out because, again, he would come in and said, I want A, B, and C done. So, okay, but we're not going to do that whole throw the keys at and I'll tell you the bill when we're done. No, no, we sent him the estimate. The You got to approve. So we waited for all that process. He ends up approving. We can still get it out today. We were one quart flipping short on the CVT fluid. We call him like, I'm really sorry. We really wanted to get this done for him. We end up getting it done for him the next morning. He shows up at noon. He ends up leaving me at three-star reviews and says, I felt like I wasn't a priority. You well, mother- but, but, I mean, here's the thing is if you didn't take that job in. I would have saved myself the saved, bad review. Right. Yeah. And then, and look, if, if there's any question, that's why we always check parts before we start on the repair. Yep. 
right? Because then we know. We thought we, thought we had enough. It you count like, it. You, they, they need to have it right here in front of them. First. I understand, but it was uh, we, uh, like the, inform- the service information said X. We drained it. We checked it. I don't know if it was low to begin with. See what I'm saying? Yeah. And then when we recheck it and it's like, hey, it still needs like half a quart more. And we're like, we don't have a half quart more. Mm. What are we going to do? Well, let's try to order some. It's too late for to get. That's why. Yeah. And so the key is, is you just don't take it in after. Yeah. Right? That would have saved it because if we, we would have had enough time that it would have been two o'clock instead of five forty five. And he would have let you a three star review because you didn't make him a priority because yeah. he didn't get in. And some people are just <laughs> like that, right? Sometimes it's unavoidable. Yeah, it is. It sucks though. We caught that. I had a guy with a Subaru. He, he drained the wrong. I think he did. He was supposed to do the CVT. But he did like the front differential mm-hmm. instead and then poured too much. He had like the wrong Ooh, fluids yep. mixed up because I think he poured it into the wrong, like uh, into the wrong hole. And the service information was really vague where he's like, I'm following the service information. He was just, he's like, I'm following service information. Uh, and we ended up having to like buy 20 bottles of CVT fluid and we're just uh, like draining and draining and draining. Anyway, you know, I had to do that. Yeah. As well, I had to buy $300 of CVT fluid. Well, so here's the thing is you're to drain the drain some to, to, to put flush the out the ATF that we put in. <gasps> oh, no. So here's the thing is like where you're at right now. Those feel like that was a one off. <laughs> well, yeah. So, so yeah. where I was, you are years later, like David, and you're like, it's not stopped yet. So where I was going to go with the the whole logic path is yeah. is that so much of the pain mm. is self inflicted for all of us. Yeah. And yes, there will always be these unavoidable instances. And I am of the mindset through this whole message of changing the industry that one of the things that we need to change in the industry is the perception that cars are hard and there's no way service data will ever get it all right. There's no way that a tech can be perfect at, at every single repair. And if you are the customer that does get the unfortunate end of the stick that we can take care of you because we are expensive. Yeah. Relatively speaking, I, I, my shop is in a plaza I'm the biggest shop in the plaza, just done a bunch of renovations, so it looks the part to be the mm-hmm. most expensive shop in the plaza. Right. And we are by almost by more than double wow. the cheapest shop in the plaza. We're two hundred dollars an hour. There's a shop in my plaza that's eighty five. Holy there's, cow. There's nine shops. And that you guy do, you, in California, how do you get a here's like the thing is I guarantee not be you expensive that, on California. That other shop, I guarantee it has posted somewhere on Facebook or in a forum somewhere that all the other shops in my town are only charging $80 an hour. I guarantee it. There's no way around it. Yeah, I'm the highest. I'm the highest out of everybody. I guarantee it. He's in California. That $85 an hour job is, uh, hey, here's a handwritten ticket. No, that's money laundering. (laughs) They're not even working on cars. It's like, do you go to a hotel and you walk in there and they're like, Thirty dollars a night. Are you staying there? I mean, are you really? I remember the there was this there was this Mexican restaurant in my hometown. And uh, have you heard the story before? He's laughing like he's heard so. the story before. Well, so right. I, there's this Mexican restaurant. We go into this Mexican restaurant. And there's never anybody there, right? And so we go in, and we go in, and we sit down, and here comes this like dude, 
And here come these other three or four dudes with that dude. And they're all wearing suits, Hispanic gentlemen, and comes in and sits down. And it becomes apparent that they are armed to the gills, right? And he sits over in this booth in the very back corner. And he just sits there and looks at us. And there's only my team of four people and him and his four bodyguards in this entire (laughs) restaurant. And so this lady walks out of the back and she looks. She comes out and she says, what are you doing here? (laughs) Well, we were going to eat. She said, oh, Uh, okay. And she goes in the back and she like, you hear her scrambling around and she comes back with some menus. Like, you know, can we get some chips? She's like, we don't have any chips. Okay. (laughs) And so for the next like 30 minutes, they, they prepared us food, right? And we ate. But it was the weirdest situation <laughs> ever. Okay. What are you doing here? I need an oil change. What? It's right. a shop, isn't it? <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 Uh, give me your keys, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That is that $80 an hour shop. I swear to God. The guy does drive a really business. nice car. I, yeah. Look, yeah. I, I'm going to tell does. you right now, I, I stopped and got four bangs one time. In California, and I think it was more than eighty dollars. <laughs> like I filled up the rental car and got four Bang Energy drinks, and it was like one hundred and fifty bucks. So I've had to. You guys may never have experienced this, and hopefully you never do. But I had to pre-authorize a gas pump for three hundred dollars to fill my truck. What with diesel? Yeah. Oh, California, dude. Yeah, and I used it. And I, and I do have an extended range tank on the truck, so it's but it's 50 gallons. But still, that was that's crazy. Is, is that even legal? Can you can you have a diesel in, in California? Is that even a thing? Well, it still has that that whole blue system thing yeah. on it, and it's registered in another state. <laughs> that's why they went. There you go. <laughs> that's awesome. That's it. That and so, where's your corporate entity registered? Delaware, Washington. <laughs> I'm only getting away with no emissions testing. I'm not getting away with uh, sales tax avoidance. I mean, uh, sales tax reduction. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I, I'll take the lack of emissions testing every year because you know you have to set the monitors. You got all that stuff, and and I've dealt with enough. You know, 55 miles an hour on cruise control for. 20 miles trying to get a cap monitor set and I don't want to do that again. <laughs> so pretty much every car is is out of state. Hey, yeah. we didn't, before we go, mention your podcast. Well, the, yeah, the We Are Driven podcast to go with the We Are Driven brand. Yeah. Nice. Very cool. Yeah. And you, you liked it? I did like it. Good. I did like it. I was yelling at the phone. To, <laughs> I was disagreeing, and I did my very best. I'm just telling you, I'm proud of myself because I I did listen to one episode, disagreed with 99 of it. The guy's wrong. The Audi TT is a the first gen Audi TT is a very pretty car. I think that that was a cool car back in the day. I've Don't look one. at me like that. I've got one in the shop that got hit by lightning. Did it really? oh. <laughs> I think they got uglier as they got older. Anyway, anyway. I disagreed with everything he said. <laughs> I guess I was just yelling at the phone. I'm just kidding. Okay. We Are Driven podcast. This is not the We Are Driven podcast, but listen to the We Are Driven podcast. It's very good. Bet. It is. It's good. Good. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> All right. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Changing the Industry podcast. If you enjoyed the show, do us a favor and leave us a review on your favorite podcast player. And don't forget to set it to automatically download the latest episode. Our efforts with this podcast, the YouTube channel, and the Facebook group wouldn't be possible without the support of our awesome sponsors. So please take a moment, check them out by clicking on the links in the show notes.